Ox and Scotch, where we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're recording this as of uh, May 3rd of 2020, and there are a lot of things to talk about. This will be a lot of important things so, uh, what we want to talk about today is testing. But before we go into it, uh, let's talk about drinking today. Um, I think I'll, I'll take this one first. I am drinking my one of my regulars, which is a Nika coffee malt whiskey. Um, I'm sure um, a lot of you guys have had it. Um, I like it. It's a staple. Um, but I have to admit that. Um, all this time I've been wondering, like, why coffee? And I just recently realized that that's uh, the name of the still which they use, which was, I guess, originally designed by some Irishman by the last name of Coffee with an E. Um, but that's what I that's what I'm enjoying right now. How about you? What are you drinking? I am drinking this thing called the Glendronic. Uh, it's a smaller distillery, I think, in Scotland, and it was it is 19 years old. Wow! And it it is real peaty, and it's it's really it's really kicking me in the gut. But I mean, I, I love it. It has that first <laughs> like really fiery burn at the back of your throat, and then once it goes in, it's just sweet deliciousness just swimming on down. And it, it is it is fantastic. I, I highly recommend it. Fantastic. All right, uh, so that's what we're drinking right now. Uh, well, let's let's get moving because there's a lot to talk about about Tesla. So before we start talking, uh, some disclaimers. So this is just for entertainment purposes only. We are not investment advisors, and this is not investment advice. Just like how we don't take a cut of any of your investment gains, we are not responsible for any of your investment losses. Remember to do your own damn work because we don't want to be liable for you losing any money, but uh, we also have worked very hard to make sure that we're making sound choices. Also, before investing, make sure to speak with a licensed investment professional. Uh, I know Eric, he has said something about uh, the validity of those licenses in the previous episode, episode one, but... Uh, we'll just go past that. If you want to know, uh, you can go back to episode one and find out what we think about that. Also, remember, we are drinking hard liquor right now. So in case that wasn't obvious, that's what we're doing. And finally, since we're talking about Tesla, we have to put out a special disclaimer about Tesla. We are not long in Tesla. We do not have a long position with means that we are not uh, invested in Tesla for its uh, future business growth. So in other terms, if Tesla succeeds, uh, we do not see any gains from that or any appreciation from that. Uh, we are not bullish on a business. There are just a ton of things that we just we can't get a hard on for about Tesla uh, when we look at a lot of numbers. So we will be talking a lot of negative things about Tesla, but we think those things are justified. Yeah, so, and, and just to clarify one comment, not only am I not long, I am outright short. 
uh, and I also input. So, um, and so just spell it out. If the stock price goes down, I'll be happy. If it spikes up as it does um, for no reason, very often, uh, you'll find me curled into a ball, um, <laughs> <laughs> drinking heavily. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, look, we, we, we want to talk, we want to have a kind of a, a candid conversation about the name. It's topical. Everybody, it's in the news constantly for better, for worse, mostly for worse. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of our comments are going to be critical, uh, which I think is a fair, fair counterbalance to a lot of the um, un, uh, just inexplicable, just straight praise for the company. I mean, it, it's like every single thing. It, it's like listening to the great leader of uh, North Korea. Like everything is everything is positive. Everything is like if it's sunny, it's because he's awesome. If it rains, it's because he's bringing water to the land. I mean, there's not much that, you know, we can do about it. But that's uh, there's a lot of that coverage out there. If you want it, it's there's plenty of it. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of uh, I think a lot of people, they view Tesla as Elon Musk's company. So however Elon Musk does, that's how the company does. Uh, one thing that I know a lot of people, they don't know uh, is be- is that I, I don't know if a lot of people who are listening are old enough to remember this. I, I certainly was old enough to remember this, but Tesla was not founded by Elon Musk. It was founded by two engineers that created something called a Tesla Roadster way back in the early, early 2000s. Um, I, I think that's my timeline is right. Right, Eric? I think it's about right. Yeah. Martin Aberhard and I forgot the other guy's name, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, they made, they were working on the Tesla Roadster uh, and then Elon Musk uh, comes in and he basically, I, I guess. Uh, they I needed heard, capital. Yeah. They needed capital. And I heard that the original two engineers, they were kind of shoved out of the way mm-hmm. when Elon came in or uh, after a while. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Elon Musk is not the original founder of uh, Tesla. So j- just kind of like a small little trivia. Uh, so when the earnings call, I think it was on Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesday, uh, and earnings calls are basically every quarter a uh, publicly traded company, they will release their profits that they saw for the previous quarter. And they will just talk about how the business is doing, what they foresee in the future, and uh, just to kind of calm investor nerves. And so it was really strange for me because uh, I am newer to this than Eric is, and this is my first Tesla earnings call that I went into. And uh, what happened was, uh, right before the Tesla earnings call, I was listening to the Microsoft's earnings call, and then I jumped into the Tesla's, and it was was just so different. Uh, (laughs) The feel of it, uh, the way... Everything was described. Uh, yeah, everything was just different. Uh, I, I felt uh, Satya Nadella, uh, who is Microsoft CEO, he was very uh, the the way he talked was very crisp and uh, very businesslike, and you can really tell that he knows his vision of the future of Microsoft. And Microsoft had a very great earnings uh, report for 
uh, Q1 of this year. Uh, and I was listening to that and listening to how he answered questions, which was he would take any off-the-cuff questions and just answer them fully as best as he could and what he believes and maybe in the future what will happen. Uh, like, for example, there's one instance that he was saying that, uh, you know, however our customers go, we go also. So meaning that if our customers are doing well, we do well. So it's in our best interest to make sure our customers are doing well. And, and I really like the way he described a lot of things. And then I go into Tesla and uh, I hear Elon Musk uh, mumbling a lot, stumbling on a lot of things. It, it sounded like he was uh, sweating a lot. Uh, maybe he was nervous. Uh, I'm not sure. And then, uh, and then there was the point of the head of investor relations for Tesla was uh, asking Elon questions. And uh, Eric talked about it, uh, where uh, maybe it was questions submitted by outside people, uh, not internally from Tesla, but it just felt really weird to have uh, someone internal, uh, the voice of someone internal in Tesla asking Elon kind of softball questions about things. And then all of a sudden, uh, when the during the call, he just starts going off about the shelter in place you know right now we are in COVID-19 it's a very serious situation people are getting sick people are dying it's just a hard situation and Elon is uh, just rampaging all over the internet about this on Twitter during the uh, earnings call it it was just I was really surprised by what I heard Uh, yeah and I, I think your words to me was i i picked a doozy of an earnings call to join in (laughs) on for my first one (laughs) you sure did um yeah and just to just be clear we did we actually were planning on episode to to talk about real stocks um stocks that people care about like the fang fang and fang and microsoft i guess um because um, apple had uh, i guess netflix is a while ago but like uh, as kento said microsoft is that day right before tesla um i think uh, Alphabet, so Google was earlier in the week. Uh, Apple, I think was I think was during the week. <laughs> I just can't remember anymore. I, I think it was uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was. Uh, it, you know, these are real stocks that people care about. Uh, great companies. Uh, some of them. Yeah, we could talk about how great they are. Um, but they're all told they're like 20 plus percent of the S&P 500. So uh, these things really move the needle. Um, and then all of a sudden, this Gong Show of an earnings call. <laughs> Up and we, we have to. We we just have to. We can't. We can't help ourselves. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's. Uh, it was. It was a, a loony call. Um, but let me back up a little bit. So, um, part of the backstory is th- these guys have one major plant in California that's been shut down uh, due to um, COVID. And uh, after the and, and when when that when that uh, shutdown order came around, they you know. Tesla tried to actually keep operating. Um, actually, let me let me back up even a little bit before that. Tesla is a very strangely operated company in that they do most of their deliveries in the last month of the quarter, and in particular in the last couple of weeks of the quarter. So they are 
I don't know, nobody else runs their business this way, but that's what they do. And so, and, and COVID um, started rearing its ugly head really, you know, in February, early March is when all these shutdown orders came in place. So usually March, these guys are producing a full swing and then they're shipping it out desperately to book the sales by the end of the quarter. And um, if they don't, they, they have a really, have a really weak quarter. And so, um, uh, they're very sensitive to continuing to produce and deliver. So delivery operations are also shut down across the country. Um, and then on top of that, they also, um, the, 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 the cadence is a bit weird. So the first month of the quarter, they make cars, they put them on boats, they ship them to Europe. And that continues for the first two months, really. And then they make other cars and they ship them to Asia. So that's kind of the second. And the third month is when they actually make cars for North America. And there are little differences between them, like the license plates are different. You know, the right-hand side, left-hand side difference is important. Um, there, there, there are valid reasons for doing batches, but this cadence is just, it creates this end-of-quarter rush every single quarter. And it means that they have to produce and deliver these cars. Otherwise, their numbers will look terrible. So they resisted the, the shutdown order. Eventually, the county had to argue, like, you're actually not an essential service. And uh, Tesla dragged his feet. They got a couple more days out. And I think on March 23rd is actually when they shut down. So um, whatever cars that they're going to make, I mean, it takes time to deliver it. So they kind of made a full quarter's worth of cars. And, um, uh, but then delivery was shut down. Um, and so that's kind of the, what everyone, just as a backdrop, that's sort of the ulterior motive for a lot of these things. And in, in the meantime, uh, Elon Musk is tweeting that coronavirus is dumb or the I forget the exact phrase, but you know, maybe that the response to it is dumb. And then he got a lot of hate on uh, social media. So then he said, you know what? We're going to very generously um, send ventilators. Um, we'll send you these ventilators. And then um, uh, people were like, well, actually, the things you sent were actually not ventilators. They're CPAPs and BiPAPs, which are primarily used for sleep apnea, but they're not, they're not invasive uh, ventilators. And he said, well, that's not true. They are a type of ventilator. And he started getting really nasty. And of course, his fanboys started to um, support him and attacking doctors. Doctors came out of the woodwork and said, you know, not only your support for hydroxychloroquine is, you know, unfounded. This stuff is not necessarily going to work. But, you know, these aren't, aren't ventilators. But then he pointed to all these doctors who are, you know, standing in front of boxes of Tesla, quote, quote unquote, ventilators saying thank you, Elon, and then the LA Times came out and said, well, a bunch of doctors have told me that they received equipment from Tesla, which all have Tesla stickers on them, what have you, on the condition that they post a supportive social media. And, <laughs> and, those, and those who didn't agree to this condition didn't get the, these CPAPs and BiPAPs, uh, which could be hacked together to kind of help, but you know, are not capital V ventilators, which are kind of more specialized equipment. Um, so this is a whole gong show going into the end of the quarter. Um, and so people like me were like, okay, they, they missed the, they're going to, they're de definitely their delivery window got, got crimped. So numbers are going to suck. Um, but, and I, I thought they were going to get hit a lot. And then leading up to uh, ahead of the quarter, and then on April 2nd, they do a release of what the delivery numbers looked like. And I think the day before, there was an email from Tesla IR going around to the research community saying, this is what the consensus of what all you guys told us you're expecting. That's totally fine. And then they gave this like COVID adjusted number, which was a far lower number, still 
And so the idea there is um, when people get surprised by bad news, the stock will get hit really hard. So, But if you kind of soften the landing by kind of getting the expectation out there first, then you can kind of soften the impact. And that's a little not – there's something called regulation FD, um, and this is kind of regulation fair disclosure. This is kind of on the – gray area there, what they were doing or they're alleged to be doing. And so, and it worked. Uh, the stock, actually, they put up the numbers and the stock went up and people like me were curled up with the ball, like, why the hell was I not hedged going into this? Um, but, the, but then people like me were like, okay, well, as soon as they have the earnings call, more numbers will come out. We'll see if the cash picture, we'll see a lot more information. And then finally, um, a company will put out its quarterly financial filing which has a lot more detail. And that's where they bury a lot of the less than good news. Um, so it's all propaganda up until that point. Um, and then the minute it, gets, then it drops, like all the skeptics jump in and just rip this, you know, like go into in my, minute detail on this document. Turn so, the asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, they, you know, people, people are you know, real close reading um, of yeah. this. And so anyway, so going to Thursday, um, Tesla's going to have its earnings call at uh, 6.30, which means they usually drop their earnings release. They call it 5.30 because I don't know why it takes them so long to do it. Um, and I had, just like you had the Microsoft call, I had three other calls that day. And I was just not, I don't know what I expected. Anyway, so 4.30 comes, they actually drop this, they drop the press release on time. And it was like, God damn it, the numbers. And, and leading up to this, I had, I had a sick feeling. I was like, you know, they're going to pull some some nonsense and it'll make the stock look good. And I just got to do something. So I actually pared down my short leading, my short position leading up, to, like literally 3.55 p.m. I reduced my short. I was like, I don't have a good feeling. And then the press release drops actually looks pretty good. And I was like, mm, you know, and then uh, I'm waiting around till 6.30. I played some Monopoly and <laughs> just, just take my mind off of this another another shit show of a call, and the call starts. And um, just like just like as previously mentioned, every single other company out there, the format is they have prepared speech where they go through numbers, they talk about their business, they probably show they probably talk a little bit about the outlook for the next quarter or the current quarter that we're in, the second quarter. Um, and then they open up to questions and answers from usually research analysts, people who follow stock professionally. And, um, you know, they, they, these questions go from, um, you know, they're looking for additional clarification, more data to being outright critical. Um, and Tesla's decided um, starting maybe a year ago that like, yeah, they, they, that wasn't for them. That's for the birds. So what they do is that they have kind of sanitized questions, which, Instead of fielding, you know, kind of um, not open season, but, you know, kind of opening up to questions, um, whether they're you know, hard hitting or not, um, you know, basically a Tesla employee kind of reads them aloud to Elon and Zach, who's CFO, um, and they end up being just these softball questions. And allegedly these were voted on by, you know, outside people, but they're just total nonsense softball questions like when are you announcing the next gigafactory and like is a 50 percent compound annual growth rate still what you're seeing it or is it higher i mean you know or i guess the question here was is it lower <laughs> some other absurdly high number and um stuff like that instead of you know real really critical questions i feel like like i would ask 
um, um, that might make the business might make the stock price go down. Um, and they just Tesla doesn't do that. So they, they burn like 20, 30 minutes going through these nonsense questions. And then they open it up to um, some pre-vetted research analysts. And research analysts come in a couple different flavors. But the problem with um, Elon Musk is that, or Tesla is that, um, there's a little bit of quid pro quo. They're not going to, or it's, it, it, if, if Trump could run his press conference the way he wanted to, this is the way it, it would run. Um, you will only, I'm only going to ask the, the Fox News people, only the, I'm going to only call the Fox News people to ask the questions. That's kind of how Tesla Q&A works right now. And, you know, the first one is actually a legit negative question, which is um, how much cash do you, you, so you told us how much cash you have at March 31st, a quarter end. That's great. But given that your plan has been shut down for a month, so, and then the call was, I think, April 30th. So one month had passed. You haven't, you haven't operated a plant for a month, but it's still burning cash to, you know, it's still burning cash. You haven't sold any cars uh, because delivery operations have been shut down. So there's no cash coming in to offset that, which is normally how this stuff works. Um, can you just give us an update on how much liquidity, so how much free cash you have at the end of the quarter? And it's a real question because I'll, I'll give you an example, right? I, I did a quick and dirty model. So they finished the, Tesla finished the quarter at like with $8 billion of cash. But um, as, it got, as, it, as we found out the following day, $2 billion of that is in China or China and overseas. So it's not really available on an next day basis. And for China, it's not really available at all. Um, and I also think that every month, these guys will probably burn at least a billion dollars. And they'll probably burn four billion by the end of the quarter. If, if, they, if they reopen June 1st, I think, they'll so, burn a huge uh, amount of cash. Sorry. Uh, when you said like two billion uh, is not available from China, uh, it... So I, I kind of know the answer for it, but uh, just in case for the rest of the listeners, uh, is it because the China deal that Tesla had made uh, sometime last year um, where they can only use the uh, money for Chinese operations or uh, Tesla operations only in China? Yes. So just to back up a little bit, that's absolutely right. So China, so Tesla stood at the factory outside of Shanghai in the swap, and they did it record time. It's a beautiful looking factory, and it's making cars. But it was entirely funded by debt from local Chinese banks. It has the support of the local, I forget the term, what the exact title is, but the, the head politician in charge of China, uh, Shanghai, which is the stepping stone to um, the top of political leadership in China. So it's kind of a grooming Thing. So, mm-hmm. and whatever they support, they support something to vault them into the head of the C- CCP. Um, and so there's a lot of political support in trying to make this happen. But part of the terms of deal is we're going to fund building the factory for you, but you have to, all the cash you generate from sales of vehicles in China has to um, go into what's called a controlled account, controlled bank account. So it's under the I know what it means in the U.S. I'm actually not sure what it means in China, but basically, um, it could be it could be that they could take it any time and pay down the Chinese debts. Uh, but even if they didn't have that, um, I remember we had a I used to we, I used to be a, 
Uh, we used to own a company that had operations in China, and just repatriating capital out of them was a year-long process. We could do it once a year. We could declare a dividend. Or in our case, we repaid an intercompany loan, but it had to get approved. And what happens at China, um, we, and we Americans take this for granted, but access to U.S. dollars is actually not a given in everywhere else in the world. And the Chinese very, 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 all the U.S. dollars in China are controlled by the People's Bank of China. And they strictly control letting those dollars out. So um, it is, there are a lot of hoops to jump through in order to take your cash out of China. Um, and a lot of it is because they don't want to give up their foreign hard currency reserves. So um, that's my personal perspective on why it's, that cash is next impossible for Tesla US to access. Um, and so in addition to the contractual requirements of Tesla's China debt, uh, there are very practical, it's practically very difficult for them to take money out of China. So, so that's that. So that's why, and, and um, the, the maximum bear kick thesis for Tesla is that they're going to file for bankruptcy, and people only file for bankruptcy when they run out of cash or they drop below some critical level. That's why the cash question is incredibly important. Um, you know, skeptics have said, you know, you have all this cash in your books, but you book, but your interest income on that cash is like nothing every quarter, like eight billion of cash, and you have 10 million, I think, this quarter of interest income, and people are like, it's not possible to make that little income. Like, I make more money in my like checking account that you guys are doing. And so, you know, people have been said, you know, said like, yeah, you guys probably don't have all that cash at any given time. There's probably a big smile in the cash balance. There's like quarter end window dressing. And then they, where they hoard their cash. And then the middle of the quarter, they spend, they let it go to, you know, spend what they absolutely need to spend. And then they hoard it again in time for the quarter end. So the numbers look good. So it's like, <laughs> it sounds a little sleazy. It's actually pretty commonplace. We would actually tell our CFOs that this is what you should do. Um, but, you know, they, they kind of take it to the extreme. Um, and so anyway, so a guy asked me a question about, um, and, and then on top of that, by the way, when you, when you hoard all your cash for the quarter end, um, your suppliers still need to get paid. You, who, who, what, what does it mean to hoard cash? It means you're not paying your suppliers. Your suppliers desperately need to ca this cash. So then the next day of the quarter or the second day of the quarter, you, you then pay it all out. So your cash balance drops, but your suppliers get paid so they don't go out of business. And so you kind of keep the kind of keep the circus going. And that's what people suspect. And if you layer that on, I think um, Tesla has something like 4.7 billion of payables, accounts payable at quarter end. And so about 4 billion. Have, yeah. You know, 4 billion. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're probably cutting checks for like two or three billion just in April alone. Um, and usually they're selling some cars, so they're getting money in the door. And so they kind of, you know, but but they're not selling cars right now. So um, it's a uh, uh, just a it, it's a really so asking what is their their cash balance at April 30th is a crit critically important question. And. Zach was Zach, the CFO, who's like, I don't know, like 29 years old, um, was like, yeah, you know, we don't we don't really have a whole lot to add there. I mean, every <laughs> every other every other company out there is like giving updates. Like, this is how much. Hey, listen, this is what we had a quarter end. But this is today. This is how much cash we have. And by the way, it's enough. Right. They're, they're act proactively trying to reassure their investors in this time of crisis 
um, where there are going to be a lot of bankruptcies because people are running out of cash. We're saying, hey, we have a lot of cash. They're affirmatively going out and answering that question. Um, if not putting into press releases, I mean, just to make sure that like people know, like, yeah, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. Uh, and Tesla is not answering this very critical question where the honest answer is probably not so good looking and they've held their cards to the chest. Um, and so anyway, that was the first non-spoon-fed question from a guy who is still kind of a lapdog when it comes to question, you know, feeding softballs to Elon. And he asked a factual question and Tesla refused to answer it. And not only did Zach not answer, but Elon just took the ball and just sort of like, went running to the opposite end zone. I mean, um, I mean, you probably remember I me. Mean, so that, that's when we started going back on like talking about like COVID and the shutdown and. You yeah. Know. When, um, when he just started ranting about the shelter in place, you messaged me and you were asking me if I heard that. And I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is unreal. Um, uh, because I, I never expected um this to happen at all like it, it was just it was weird listening to just him ranting about the shelter in place in COVID-19 during a you know a, a legitimate question a leg legitimate question on how the business is being run and um yeah it just you know these calls only have like an hour a lot of time and to go off on a tangent pontificating about like how it's wrong, and then okay. So we're going as Kentaro said. Even before this, Elon was kind of mumbling and stuttering. Um, so basically, there, there's a Silicon Valley venture capitalist, also part of the PayPal mafia, who used to work with Elon Musk, who's by name Peter Thiel, and Peter Thiel is a visionary genius. But he also has this very halting, stumbling way of speaking, which is like as if I have so many thoughts in my head that. I can't like speak. I can't speak smoothly. There, it's all this interrupted flow, and it's really hard to listen to actually. And Elon has kind of adopted this tick, like, and so, but he's taking it to kind of a shambolic level. And so, he was like mumbling and stuttering, and but, you know, he does this every call. So I was like, yeah, whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, he probably, uh, you know, he may have been uh, high going into the call, but you know, again, <laughs> how how is this different from any other call? Um, and then he goes off on this tangent and he's like, you know, listen, you're taking away people's freedoms and it's like, okay, okay. And then, you know, there's outrage and like, give them the, give people their, their, your goddamn freedoms. Okay. That's not yeah, something you should Yeah. This hear. is fascist too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fascist. I'm like, wow. Okay. And then he was like, you know, what the, you know, what the F, you know, which is family friendly. Um, Oh, excuse me. And then that's you don't hear a lot of profanity on these earnings calls from company management. Um, you know, they're, they're supposed to keep it cool, keep the shirt on. But most notably, the negative association is that um, Enron Enron was having difficulties. Um, Enron was kind of a, was doing good, but there was some shakiness going on. And they put out earnings, but they're missing like a, their balance sheet, basically, right? If you know accounting, balance sheet is pretty important. And this hedge fund guy, I'll never forget this. Uh, I think his name was John Jacobson or Jacob Jacobson from Highfields Capital Management. Was like, how come you guys can't put out a, every other financial institution has to put out balance sheet? And Jeff Skilling, God bless him, was like, you a hole. 
And that's the last time. That's the second to last time I've heard profanity on a call. And that was the, that was it. That was a harbinger. That's when Enron was going down. People didn't know at the time, but that was the, the beginning of the end. And that's why you really try not to curse on. Um, I, there was a hot mic incident, which is incredibly funny. But that guy didn't know he was on. He, he didn't hit me up before. But um, but that's why it's a bad tell. Um, and. Oh, that, it's just it's just a really not a good sign. And again, the 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 backstory here is that Elon really needs that factory to be open, regardless of what the COVID situation is, to make cars in time to deliver by June quarter end. So, in other words, to and by the way, to to sell cars in Europe, those cars got to be in a boat like now. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and that seems to be the ulterior motive. I can't prove what goes on in his head. It's not, you know, but he's under a lot of pressure, and that pressure is like, if you don't, then if you don't release the the lockdown because of coronavirus, then um, he might burn five, four, three to four billion dollars <laughs> this quarter. I'm drinking, as you can tell, um, and so, um, and then he just, it, you know, it, it was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> And and the the research analyst kept feeding him these softball questions, and he just sort of um, sort of kept degenerating into um, getting more shambolic. I, I just can't I just can't describe what it means. And then all of a sudden the call drops, um, <laughs> which never happens. It never freaking happens. Where well, like well, company- it, it has happened before with Elon. Um- I remember Elon uh, was saying something or no, an analyst was asking Elon about uh, something along the lines of, you know, you're having all this trouble making profits. Uh, how long are you going to stay in business or something along the lines of that? And Elon said, oh, you know what? Uh, we're, we're done here. We're, we're going to YouTube right now or some, something yeah. like that. Right. And then he just drops yeah. the call, which is unheard of, just completely unheard of. <laughs> These guys just like straight up dropped and like is a silence or a static. I was checking my connection, like what's going on here, and then someone was like, "You could hear someone say, is anyone there?'" Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and we texted each other, like asking, like, "Hey, uh, are, are you hearing static too?" Uh, I'm only yeah. hearing static right now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're and then all of a sudden they come back and. Um, um, you know, they, they answer some other questions and, but I mean, for me, it was, I, I have unfortunately been in a situation where we've all been in a conference room and you want someone to shut the, shut the hell up and <laughs> someone reaches over and puts, there's a polycom. You all have seen a polycom at work. You have a conference room, you have a polycom for conference calls and you want to hit the mute button and hit the wrong button by mistake. And that's the drop the call. <laughs> and so... I think I myself have done it. I will neither confirm or deny. Um, but I was just like, that's got to be it. I mean, someone must have been like, Elon, shut your mouth. I mean, or at least like, you know, and the Twitter was all about like, you know, this around the 40 minute mark. His drugs are wearing off. I mean, he's, he's got to kind of re up because um, he was already kind of like fading. He, he wasn't he was he was he was reasonably on track for the first 30 minutes of the call fielding these spoon fed questions and then he started just going off the rails and then he started to then then that whole like fascist lockdown and profanity and someone must have just been like dude you get it together get it together <laughs> like we need you to get it together 
Um, or, Didn't he have a call with China, uh, someone in China, right before the earnings call, earnings call last night? Uh, sorry, not last night. Uh, be, right before the yeah. Uh, did he have like a call with uh, someone from China right before the earnings call? I I saw a lot of pictures about that, but I, I couldn't really tell. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know. I'll have to look into it. Did I mean what do you what do you remember from what you read? It, it was just like a picture of him in a video conference room, and uh, someone's the caption was like he was talking with someone in China about it. I, I don't remember the name. I can't I oh, can't give well, any more detail about it. But yeah, yeah. well, so. In, in the call, he started when he's criticizing the U.S. and the fascism, the lock, this locking down his factory. Um, he starts complimenting China how they did it right, because among other things, like Tesla, Tesla Shanghai factory is up and running. Um, again, it's got the full support of the Communist Party of China. Um, and uh, so Twitter, the skeptical Twitter people are like, "Yeah, he's taking direction from China. Someone from China must have told him to like make make us look good while you're at it." Uh, make sure you criticize his running dog, American capitalist, but make you know the Chinese way look good. And none of that was disproven, unfortunately, on, on the call. Um, and uh, uh, which was, yeah, just another. Um, it was just really weird because he's all this time he's been very social media savvy in terms of like getting support. Some would say astroturfing support with paid bots and whatnot, but here he's. He's biting a lot of hands that feed him. I mean, he gets a lot of government subsidies, federal and uh, state. He's criticizing, you know, state of California, uh, you know, I don't it, for their dumb policies, I guess. Complimenting China, there are a lot of people who are not real happy with China right now in the U.S. Um, and it was just like he, he's like hitting all these incredibly tone tone deaf notes. Um, and again, with the apparent ulterior motive of just like. Getting his getting get those workers back into you know Fremont and like make those damn cars, um, and uh, it was uh, it was just surreal. I mean everything about the call was surreal. in the beginning. I thought yeah you know it's a little yeah it's different, but you know it's this is par for the course. And then it just went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah I. I wish I remember more because I forget the next day was such a gong show. Uh, bad, I, I as, definitely do not as, remember. <laughs> as bad as earnings call was, like the next day was definitely gong show. Anyway, so I was like, wow, you picked an entertaining conference call to join. This is uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit. He dialed it up to eleven today um, in terms of just being just being out there, uh, and uh, it it was everything was set up. You, you can just sort of imagine like. All the questions were set up to be as easy as possible. Like, you know, are you know you, you're so successful, Elon? Are you going to be more successful? Tell us about it. Like, is there, <laughs> you know, is there any way we could fluff the pillow for you? And you're like, yes, you're and um, uh, and despite all that, like, he just he just could not help himself, and he had to run his mouth, um, which is unbelievable for CEO of a fairly large company. Um, and then on top of that, there was you know, Friday. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't remember. Was there anything else from uh, anything else from the earnings call? I gotta look back at our chat log uh, uh, just to remind myself. <laughs> uh, just just before we go on to like uh, Elon's Twitter Twitter feed on Friday, 
could we talk about like some face value, like just completely face value numbers from his earnings report before we talk about anything related to what the fuck Elon was talking about on Friday? <laughs> because I, I think that's also important to talk about. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Okay, okay. Right, so um, with Tesla's earnings report, they reported an earnings per share or profit per stock that uh, a shareholder would see of eight cents, 0.08. That is yeah. minuscule. Like, yeah. Holy crap. That uh, And we're just talking <laughs> about face value. We're not talking about if there's any accounting or booking kind of uh, cooking the books kind of thing going on yet. We're just talking about face value. Just, just right there. And just dollars, yeah. Yeah, just just dollars. Eight cents. Eight pennies. That that is absurd. And the stock is priced at what, like seven hundred right now? Or I, I don't know what it is right now, but <laughs> at the call it was eight fifty or or higher. I, <laughs> I remember this very acutely in my gut. It was extremely painful. Yeah, it it, it is pretty it was it's pretty high up there. Uh, just by contrast, because I was in a Microsoft call. Microsoft's earnings per share, profit per share, or profit per stock was $1.40, so $1.40. And their stock price is about like $1.75 right now. I, I don't remember, but yeah. you know, ba- basically what's happening is uh, when you buy a stock, right, for each dollar of profit that you get, right, uh, you, you just want to get a better value for your dollar profit. We'll talk about that in another episode. But what I'm trying to say is Tesla, $0.08 cents per share, that is a horrible value. That That is terrible. You can't, you can't get any worse than that. Um, well, I mean, you can't get worse than that. Tesla was worse than yeah. that. They were negative at one point. You can't even calculate a multiple for them because they were negative. They had negative profits for a long time. But uh, even then, well, let's talk about like the cash flow statement. Um, even yeah. disregarding their accounts receivables or uh, their deferred revenue, um, they showed negative cash flow for operations, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that means that Basically, for every car they sell, they're losing money. Is that right? It's it's a way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like so, in their, their normal course of operations, you should generate cash, but they burn cash. Yeah. So basically, for every car they sell, they're losing money, right? And the only reason why they were profitable last quarter was because they had a share dilution last quarter which means basically they less uh, i don't know if i can explain it better but uh they lessen the ownership percentage of each stock for each shareholder uh basically let, let's say your family has 10 kids right and so when you buy uh, a pizza right when your family buys a pizza each kid can have one-tenth of a pizza. But all of a sudden, 
your family has two more kids. Now, you you can only have one twelfth of a pizza. So that means that you're getting less of a pizza at this point. So what Tesla did was they sold they sold more shares. Uh, they basically lessened the ownership of a shareholder mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. gain more cash. Yes. So they decreased the amount of pizza you can have, but gave that extra pizza that that they didn't give you to someone else and sold it to someone else to get more cash for themselves. So that that's how that's basically from their cash flow statement disregarding any kind of accounting uh, uh, kind of booking yeah. uh, cooking that they might have done. That's how they made profit last last quarter. And well, well, uh, j- just to, just to harp on it. So the 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 they ended the quarter with like two billion more cash, but that's because they did kind of what you described. They sold a lot of, they raised a lot of cash, not by selling cars, which is what they're supposed to be doing, but by selling ownership in the company, thereby diluting the existing shareholders. And um, while you think this is bad, uh, I don't know for for shareholder for Tesla, everything is it's like the it's like the upside down and Stranger Things. Like it, it's actually a good. Th- people perceive it as a good thing. But anyway, sorry. It, it's the normal. It's normal for Tesla. But uh, <laughs> I, I think you described it better than I did um, in, in terms of yeah. you know, just so, getting it yeah. quickly and concisely. Right, right. So, so so let me let me uh, let me just jump in. So so for whatever reason, Tesla stock is incredibly sensitive to any kind of news that could be conceived as like remotely positive, um, and so. They could report a minuscule accounting profit, um, but if it was higher than any other, if they've lost money in all prior first quarters in their 20-year history, excuse me, um, it'll they'll say, oh, we had a record, you know, record quarter, right? When the reality is, instead of like being hugely negative, you're actually like very slightly positive, and that's and then the stock rallies, but that's a sort of that's just what you live with when you like deal with this goddamn stock. But the other thing that was a little interesting is that they're supposed to make money making cars and selling cars. And what they did is that instead, but Tesla also has this cookie jar where, okay, so automakers are required to abide by certain emission standards. And if they can't uh, meet them, um, they have to go and buy emission credits from somebody else. And Tesla, because it sells only electric cars, actually generates emission credits. And my math is like, that's worth $4,000 per, per vehicle in prior, up to last year. I don't I haven't read all the math for this year, but um, that's actually pretty, it's pretty, um, it's a huge in effect subsidy um, for Tesla, whether or not you think the policy is right or not, um, it's real money. And so that's what they did. They, they said, oh, um, we're gonna report like, uh, uh, let me actually get these exact numbers, right? So dollar wise, it was um, they reported a 16. So a company that did six billion dollars of sales that quarter, they reported a 16, one six million dollar profit, accounting profit. And in order to get there, they said, oh, we sold emission credits, um, which are basically 100 percent profit to them. They sold it to somebody else, some hapless car manufacturer like Chrysler or something like that is the usual <laughs> patsy. And. Um, and usually that's the kind of thing which they don't really talk about until they release that document that I kept talking about, the, the quarterly financial. 
they bury it all the way to the end because that's a kind of a less good source of earnings. And it's kind of a cookie jar. And that's kind of what they did. They said, look, we want to get to a positive number. And by the way, we didn't get paid $340 million this quarter. Um, a lot of that is uh, for there are a lot of accounting nerds in, in, in Kendo. And for you guys, this, a lot of that got booked as deferred revenue. It wasn't cash. It gets it shows up as deferred revenue. Um, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it wasn't cash. Um, so maybe one day, but not yet. And so um, that's the kind of gamesmanship which these guys do every quarter. And so, but you back that out. And in terms of the business of making cars and making solar roofs, which is de minimis, or making power solutions, which is de minimis. But they didn't make money on cars because, in large part, because, well, in part, uh, because of this coronavirus interruption. Anyway, and then on top of that, then you, you go to the cash flow statement, which um, Ken Turner mentioned before, and they burned, you know, I think it was a burn. Let me get my numbers. I think they burned about a billion dollars of cash. Uh, 900, call it 900. But they also raised two, they sold two billion of stock, you know, that basically selling ownership stakes in the company. And so that got them more cash. They got about two billion of cash. And so they look like heroes because they got a billion end of the quarter with a billion dollars more cash than they started with. But the reality is that they burned one and raised, you know, raised two, but they're really not supposed to burn that, that, that billion dollars. Um, so anyway, that, that's some of the numbers going on there. So it's, you know, this number, which is relatively insignificant, always, 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 always gets blown out of proportion and the stock goes up and then, <laughs> every other every other negative bit of information in there is just ignored, and it drives it drives hardcore people like numbers focused people like me just absolutely crazy. I mean, by now I'm used to it, but like it, it is just it is just roundly unfair for everybody who is busting their hump to like you know make accounting profits, generate cash the right way, and whatnot. Um, not you not going to cookie jars to make their quarter. Uh, but the rule, you know, it's just different. It's just different with the stock. And uh, it's uh, you kind of accepted after a while. I guess it's like Stockholm syndrome, you just sort of, not Stockholm, but like a battered, you know, battered, battered spouse. I just I just sort of accept it at this point. <laughs> as, as a rule of thumb, I, I just want to make sure that uh, we're not saying that uh, to make sure that people are investing Tesla that are listening to this. Uh, basically, if. Uh, if they're diluting their shares, right? Basically, you're lessening your ownership of Tesla. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily what you want to happen. If you're investing in a business, right, you want your investment or your ownership in that business to increase over time. And a lot of these companies like the FANG or MAGA stocks, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what <laughs> FANG or MAGA stocks are actually doing. They're buying back their own stocks. They're buying back their own shares. And so that means that they're increasing your own ownership of that share. So like in, in that pizza example, right, if you have if your family has 10 kids, right, and all of a sudden uh, this is really morbid, but all of a sudden uh, two kids kind of uh uh, I was gonna say like die, but let's I mean, just... maybe maybe they're paid to go to eat somewhere else for that 
Exactly. Yeah, they're paid to go somewhere else, or they are self-sufficient. Let's go self-sufficient at this point, right? Or paid paid to go wherever. Uh, so now there's two kids that are paid to go somewhere else, or or are self-sufficient. Now there's only eight kids that need to eat that pizza, right? So now you get one eighth of a pizza each time. So that means you get more of a pizza each time. So that that's that's a better deal for you, right? I mean, you're eating more pizza at that point. So, I mean, I think that's a better deal. A lot of these other stocks that uh, Eric and I, we invest in, they increase our ownership in those particular companies. So uh, Tesla, we, we just don't see as a good thing at all because of these several, several aspects. Yeah. But um, so... Uh, we talked about like the cash flow statement and you know the validity and the BS of like everything, but l- l- let's go on to Twitter because that's a huge <laughs> part of what happened. So on Twitter, Friday, which was what was it, May first, uh, twenty twenty? I, I yeah, May first, twenty twenty. What happened was Elon Musk went on Twitter. And he started spewing a lot of different bullshit again. And some of his bullshit referred to Free America Now and (laughs) Elon Musk saying himself that he does not believe that Tesla is at the right price. The stock of Tesla is at the right, right price. He thinks, he said on Twitter, that he thinks it is overvalued. Now, I think this is just a smokescreen because, you know, he had that SEC kind of investigation that happened when he said that funding secured back at 420 uh, when Tesla, if Tesla hit 420, his funding, his funding would be secured and he would go, he would make Tesla go private. I'm not really sure about that yet, but I think that might be it. But I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, it, it's just hard to read. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I just don't know. And then he started reading the Star Spangled Banner. Or sorry, <laughs> he started typing the Star Spangled Banner on Twitter. And everyone thought he was doing coke or something. I, I have no idea what was happening. But he started typing out the Star Spangled Banner. And what uh, Tesla lost like what 14 billion in market cap in like a couple hours just because of all his news right away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was quick, it was fast. So it's just a little give a little context, right? So they closed the stock closed Thursday at like 8:50. They had this like gong show variance call, and then at 6 a.m. I woke up. And they dropped their quarterly financial filing, which they usually drag their feet on. So it's really weird they dropped it so early. And to add another layer of, I have no idea what the hell is going on here. And so um, everyone started ripping into this document and finding things that were weird and unusual. And um, that morning I was like, yeah, you know, it's fishy enough that I'm going to, the stock started to, to, to weaken up. It went from 850 to 750, so it's down 100. And then I actually doubled my short. I reentered, I, I lowered my short, but then that morning I was like, I'm going to double my short. So I did. And then a few minutes after I did so, he um, 
he comes up this tweet, he starts, he starts tweeting, and he says specifically, I'm reading it, Tesla stock price is too high IMO. And immediately it goes from 750 to like 700. And then drops, I think the low was like 688, I think. And it settled out around 700. But, you know, um, yeah, CEOs are, some will argue that their job should not be to pump their stock up. But I think most people, you know, that's an area of debate. But I think what's not an area of debate is that CEOs should not, you know, try to sabotage their own stock price, which is kind of what he did. And then he goes on in this, you know, kind of uh, unprompted, nonsensical. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of Star Spangled <laughs> Banner, a little bit of Dylan Thomas. Um, oh, he says, you know, uh, sorry, let me back up. He says, and I think he deleted some of his tweets because I'm looking at his, his Twitter history now and there are things, some things missing. But he said, he started saying, like, I'm going to like delete, I'm going to um, get rid of all of my uh, uh, physical possessions. Yes. And yeah. even the fanboys were like, wait a minute, what about your stock? And he just sort of like, he was like, I don't need the cash. I'm going to go to Mars, you know, and so forth. And then, then he said, Tesla stock price is too high, IMO. And then I think the I think that the Wall Street Journal asked him like, were you hacked? Were you are you kidding? He was like, nope, not kidding. And then later on he tweets, uh, I think he tweeted something like, my girlfriend Grimes is uh, having a baby. No, oh, his girlfriend Grimes is mad at him. Um, yes, yes, uh, I'm seeing that right now. And part of me is like, I remember this hitting all this. This all kicked off at 11 a.m. Eastern time because I remember thinking like. Man, 8 a.m. Pacific is a little early for Elon. He's more of a late night tweeter. Um, and like he might be on like a massive like Coke binge keeping him up. I mean, why else would he be awake at 8 a.m.? Um, and I, uh, I, a lot of people on Twitter thought like his account got hacked. But, you know, yeah, after all oh, this yeah. time, like I, I don't think it was a hacking. Uh, I think it was actually him at this point. He hasn't denied it. Um, he has an agreement that, uh, like, instead of prosecuting him, the SEC settled with him that he needs to have any any tweet that he makes that could. Well, okay. Well, my interpretation is any tweet that he makes that affects the stock price of Twitter. And any public communication. I, I think that no. was the wording. Yeah. Thank you. He needs to have pre-approved by some adult, and he kind of <laughs> flout, he's flouted that, and we're. Everyone's looking at this like, I'm pretty sure that not only does a Twitter sitter not exist, but like he is definitely, this was definitely not approved by anyone. And he's sort of thumbing his nose at the SEC to do something about it. Why? I mean, I don't know. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I mean, um, it, it, uh, that, uh, no personal experience, but I mean, um, it's just like it defies rational explanation. I mean, I can give some explanation. I can come up with some rational stories why someone might go down this route, but honestly, it's just, it makes no sense. And, you know, as a, okay, again, a little bit of legal stuff. So he's a director of the company. He's a shareholder, but he's also a director of the company. So on behalf of all the shareholders of the company, he has a fiduciary obligation to them. And that's usually interpreted to mean to maximize the stock value. It, it sounds crass and horrible and mercenary, but the practical reality is that's what, that's usually interpreted. And basically, like whoever's invested in the company, right, uh, 
Elon has a fiduciary responsibility to answer to them because it's their money that's invested in Tesla, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, he, um, (laughs) ah, God, there, this is so bonkers. Like, you know, it, it, no, no one has really thought about this question because no one really has thought about like a CEO tanking their own stock price. I can think of like one other example, like if any anybody follows Overstock, I mean, their CEO just melted down and that, <laughs> but then he left the company and sold the stock, but not like, not like this. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sort of speechless. And then, and, and, I mean, no other work, no other productive work got done that afternoon. It was just more like people speculating, like, what the hell is going on in his head? And, you know, um, people are making taking bets as to whether SEC will do anything about this. You know, is this a violation? Probably is. Is the SEC going to do anything about it? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> you know, just because we live in this alternate universe where, you know, there no, there's no there's no responsibility for anything. Um, uh, I'm reading this one Twitter um, Twitter thing, uh, the Twitter post of Elon that says like rage, rage against the dying of the light of consciousness, <laughs> right? And the first reply or the uh, I, I don't know what what to say, but the uh, reply that's most heavily liked or whatever. I, I'm not too much into twitter or social media whatever but it says can you please just state your account was hacked you're killing every investor that invested in you and tesla right now and elon musk writes back as always i am optimistic (laughs) about tesla long term but you know that that just tells me that uh, it's just not i want to invest in tesla with my money because i just that thing alone just scares me too much where I do not believe it will go up. I I do not believe it will generate value to me in the long term. I'm just I just don't think so. And if I could short the sock like Eric is doing, I would probably do so because I, I we could talk about what shorting means later on, but basically in a nutshell, it's where you are betting at stock. You think the stock, you think the company will do bad uh, in the future. And so, you think the stock price will go down. Exactly. I mean, the, yeah. the company may actually do fine, but the stock price will go down. And that's, exactly. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm sort of speechless about all of this. I, I just feel bad about all these people who are just investing in Tesla because they really believe in Elon Musk's vision. Now, that's not to say that Elon Musk's vision is great because, you know, I I personally think that uh, maybe – what is it? Uh, vehicles that are – that have renewable energy are the future, but I, I just don't think Elon Musk is the person to do it. Uh, I, I just don't see it because of how he runs his business. When we're investing, we're investing 
the business. We're not investing about speculation as much uh, because just speculation is just too scary to invest in. Uh, it, it can it can lead into a lot of trouble in the future. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, people say jokingly from they, they, they take the line from Silicon Valley where the um, the product here is the stock price, and you know, kind of it's unfortunately true. I mean, ideally, what you want is you know the you know the company company makes a great product that also generates cash for the company. Um, and we can talk about like how great Tesla products are uh, and to whom I think is the more important question, but. Um, you kind of really want to invest in those kinds of businesses and not try to chase fads or stock pumps. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot of the behavior you see is sort of characteristic of, you know, there is a product and a lot of people say it's great. And I will say it's a great product for, with certain conditions, but um, just so much of this is, there's far too much attention and drama around the stock price. It's just a ridiculous situation. Um, and for him to fan the flames, uh, let me just back it up a little bit. Somebody bought this. Somebody was buying the stock at 850, and now it's 700. So somebody lost 20% in uh, 24 hours, basically, because of the CEO. Well, it wasn't solely because of him, but a good chunk of that decline is because of the CEO and his uncontrollable Twitter habit. And I. You know, and, you know, at some point, personal irresponsibility, given the roles he has, is a responsibility towards the shareholders and kneecapping them 20 percent down in one day. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and it's just not right. And uh, it's not funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that and I laughed because it's just so bizarre. But um, uh, I yeah, laugh, it, too. Yeah. It's just not as funny for that believer who is a lot of shareholders. They they're, they they outright say they're investing in Elon. They're following him. They believe in his vision and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, to take a hickey like that because of him is kind of a betrayal. Um, they may not feel that way because they're idiots, but it is. I mean, it's it's. You know, I'd say it's a criminal. This is a, he definitely will get sued. Uh, it is probably, oh God, we didn't even get to the DNO insurance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we could talk about it. I'm drunk we, enough we to talk, talk about, about it. it. We should talk about it, yeah. Yeah, um, we need to talk about it. it there, there was definitely, so anyway, in this, there's going to be civil liability. I would say there's, there's, there should be criminal liability. I don't know if the government gets off its hands. But there's also the, the personal betrayal of it. Um and uh, I don't find anything about that funny for the money that he's lost, uh, that he's driving the stock price down. Especially yeah. <laughs> investors, yeah, because like, look, let's let's talk about um, just very briefly about the uh, <laughs> SEC investigation when he said funding secured when he would take Tesla private at 420. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, he's, he he said that he would take Tesla private uh, at 420, and that his funding was secured. So he nothing else was needed. He he didn't need anyone else. He, everything was already set in stone. But uh, what did he have to pay? Like 20 billion dollars in fines 
Yeah, twenty million, and then Tesla had to pay twenty million as well for failing to supervise him. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous, right? He basically they lost well, a lot of money. It, just, it was yeah, yeah. So, so so just to back up a little bit, he starts. I remember this viscerally because this is when I began shorting Tesla. But he tweets that he's the stock was like a three sixty ish, I think, if I recall correctly. No, 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 no. It was three something, maybe three twenty, three thirty, and then he tweets thinking of taking Tesla private, and immediately stock went up to three twenty and uh, three three sixty, and I was like, oh my god, um, and it's just okay. So I worked at a private equity firm. They take companies private, and I was like, man, this is like nothing what people do. This is not this is not how it works. Not how it works. Anyway, um, then he says um, people are like, what price? He was like, four twenty. I was like, this kind of feels like a joke. And then he's, he tweets out, like, talking to a bunch of shareholders, funding secured, right? So that is a declarative statement. And um, it turns out that he didn't have funding secured. He's, oh, I talked to some Saudis, and I thought they were on board or whatever. And so the SEC was about to sanction him. By sanction him, they were going to criminally prosecute him uh, for defrauding the pub, for deceiving the public. And um, his lawyers, he has amazing lawyers. They cut him a deal with the SEC. And it was like a slap on the wrist, basically. And then Elon said no. And SEC was like, you know what? It's on. So they put a press conference. They have a press conference. They were going to criminally prosecute him. And then the, the next day, his lawyers like got him a slightly worse deal than what was originally offered. So whoever these lawyers are, they are amazing. If you if you commit securities fraud, you should hire these people because they are worth the money. Um, and yeah, part of it is that he had to pay a $20 million fine. And on Twitter, he, someone asked him, like, well, what do you think about it? I paid $20 million. He was like, ah, worth it. So no remorse. Um, and then later on, he tweeted something about, you know, what Tesla production guidance was going to be. The SEC was like, wait a second. Part of our settlement was that we had to have an adult supervisor tweets and pre-clear them before they go up. Um, and it turns out that there wasn't anyone. And he said, well, the way I read the document is if I decide that I think it is, you know, quote unquote material, it's a legal term, then I'll run it by Twitter, you know, kind of a Twitter sitter. But since I didn't deem it to be material, then I didn't run it by anybody. And in fact, there is nobody. <laughs> so the SEC tried to like haul in front of the judge, but you know, and their oral argument was so bad, it was just awful. And the judge basically took Elon's side, and they he got off with not even a slap on the wrist. It was like nothing. It was a total humiliation for the government. Uh, yeah, but but part of that was affirmation of like when you tweet stuff that moves the stock price you will have it pre-approved by someone satisfactory and i think it's impossible that that tweet on friday was approved and the sec i don't know i I think they've got some level of residual pride where they're going to be like we can't be constantly humiliated like this over and over again we have to at least ask factually whether he was, um, whether he abided by our settlement, which we affirmed with the judge, and if not, 
And if the answer is no, then the SEC might haul him back in front of the judge and say, this is contempt of court. Your Honor, he is pissing all over you and the agreement which he made in your court. Um, and, you know, something needs to happen. And so that's kind of the next shoe to drop that people are, are worried about. Um, and the penalties could be severe. They could require him to step down as from the board, as CEO. Um, they could... Um, that was kind of what was on the table before. They could require him to leave Tesla. Uh, they can ban him from being involved with a public company for the next five years. It's pretty common. But they could try to put him in jail. Um, you know, so... Because um, he's openly flouting uh, the regulatory authorities in the U.S. So that's, you know, people... I don't think there's enough appreciation in the stock price right now, even at 700 for that kind of outcome. If that happens, I mean, this this puppy is going down um, by 200 bucks at least, probably 300, maybe 400. So um, there are real repercussions here for the stock price. Um, if he keeps poking the tiger, the tiger may wake up, and that's what the downside could be. Oh, and by the way, okay, <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> DNO insurance. Okay, so what is DNO insurance? Okay, so. Uh, as a shareholder, you can sue the directors and officers of a public company uh, for not um, fulfilling certain duties. They have a fiduciary obligation, a fiduciary duty to the shareholders of the company. If they violate that, they can be sued personally. And directors don't like that. They don't like. No one likes being sued, so they usually have insurance for that. The company goes out and buys what's called a DNO insurance policy to cover. Um, any lawsuits or judgments against the directors of the company in their role as directors of the company. And um, uh, the directors of Tesla already settled. They got, uh, I forget what it was, but I think it was for the uh, Solar City. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. So, so Tesla acquired a company. The Solar run- City is another thing. It's a yeah, whole yeah. other beast. But it was basically run by his cousins, and he had Tesla acquire them, and um, it looked pretty fishy from the outset. And then people sued, said the directors weren't um, properly they, – they approved this deal when it's clearly just a you know kind of a personal bailout for Elon Musk's family. And, um, and the directors actually settled, right? So they, they agreed uh, to pay money. Uh, you know, for their wrongdoing, they didn't admit wrongdoing, but they, pe- they appeared to pay money. But the DNO insurance kicked in and, and paid, you know, covered them, right? So they did not actually come out of pocket. Well, after that, no insurance company um, really wanted to provide insurance, that kind of insurance, to Tesla because Elon Musk is out of control and it's going to result in lawsuits against the company. And um, the company will just turn to the insurer to like pay whatever the judgments are. So you can't insure. You don't want to insure a crazy person, basically, and the board is like, just crazy or negligent or whatever. And um, the way an insurance company says, we don't want to be your – we don't want to insure you anymore, is they just quote you a stupidly high premium. And that's kind of what happened. So Tesla, I think on Wednesday morning, put out a filing which said, okay, well, we don't – you know, our – we only got really high insurance quotes from our insurance – from our – you know, the insurers out there. So we decided not to renew and get DNO insurance from them. Um, instead, Elon Musk has volunteered, has you know, entered an agreement to cover, you know, to be the, basically the insurer for them. 
Um, and by the way, we don't think that that li- that changes the independence of the directors from insiders like Elon Musk, even though he's ensuring them in the event that the company gets sued because of something that probably he did. And so um, if it sounds bonkers, it is. And I remember waking up and reading it and just like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Let me give you an example. When I was working, um, we set up a shell company. So there was literally no, the shell company had not done anything. It needed directors. I was one of the directors. My coworkers were directors. Um, it had not done anything. But you know what? We went out and got a DNO insurance policy for it, just in case, right? You know, and we spent a couple thousand dollars to get a DNO insurance policy for a company which had not done anything and therefore could not be sued for anything, and the directors could not be sued for anything. We still went out and got the DNO insurance. Tesla is like a hundred and fifty, hundred eighty billion market cap company. It's big. Uh, they have no DNO insurance. And the ass covering that they have is from the primary mischief maker. And all of his wealth is in Tesla stock. So in a really awful case, and this does happen, if the stock goes to zero, how is he going to get the money to cover any judgments against the directors? And you have to, you sitting there looking at the board directors, like, how stupid are you people? Um, you know, like, for example, there's a guy who just joined the Tesla board, this Japanese guy. Um, I, Mizuno, I, right? Mizuno, yeah. Yeah. And he was a government bureaucrat. He was, he ran the government, jeez, uh, uh, I don't want to go off the tangent, but he's basically working for the, a pension fund, a government pension fund in Japan. He's not a wealthy guy. And a multi-million dollar judgment against the board of Tesla board directors will hit him. He's on the hook. Um, maybe he doesn't have any U.S. assets and has no intention of ever setting foot in the U.S. But, uh, you know, he just joined the board and he has no DNO insurance, which is what everyone has and needs. And he's now tied to this t- powder keg of, of this wild cannon, uh, this, yeah, this loose cannon of a uh, CEO and fellow director who is going to make trouble for them. And it's just, um, I, I have no words. I mean, other, other directors like Larry Ellison, Larry Ellison's a billionaire many times over. If he gets sued, he doesn't care. He honestly does not care. But this, uh, he don't know, Mizuno, I mean, like, Dude, how much of an idiot are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, that was just that was just like this whole week has been Tesla bonkers and Tesla nonsense. So that I totally forgot about this DNL angle, but that was actually the nonsense for earlier in this week. Like, this is a horrible, horrible, horrible red flag. An insurance company is saying, you know what? I'm not gonna cover the behavior. There is no price at which I will cover the behavior of your directors or Elon Musk. And that's just, that is another unheard of red flag, which is just yet another day in the life of Tesla. Yeah, it's really scary stuff. And um, if you haven't noticed by now, at this point of the podcast, we just, nothing about Tesla makes us feel good about the company just nothing about it is good about the company like there there's so many more things we haven't uh touched upon uh 
and, and, you know, uh, I, I I just don't know where else to start, but there's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, think we sure. have enough scotch or whiskey to really, like, unload on him fully and properly. But, uh, but yeah, we can go for days, weeks, months, ranting and ranting about, like, the things which are not right. You know, all the red flags out there. Yeah, nothing about it is good. And we just don't feel that if you're putting your money into Tesla, you, you should take it out right away because it's it's just too scary to do that. Yes. And but just to be clear, you're not giving investment advice. Anything you anything you do is because you've done your own work and you've consulted with uh, people other than us. But <laughs> with our own money, we are not betting on Tesla. We do not uh, think Tesla will be uh, good long term. We just don't yeah. see it because you know there. I've listened to a lot of interviews with Elon Musk, and you know Elon Musk, he always said like, eh, you, you know, uh, well, I mean, he he kind of paraphrased, uh, like kind of pared down the sayings of what he said. He said like, you know, long, long term, I think it's a great stock, but short term, uh, I, I I don't know, you, you know, I I don't think so, but. I think Elon Musk is one of those people who has a vision, but he doesn't – I just don't see him running a business. I, I just can't see him. And, you know, the original founders of Tesla, they turn uh, – they coined a phrase of it's just Elonness. You know, it's just Elonness because they they had a vision of what they were going to do. The original reason why they were going to do the Tesla Roadster was because, you know, to do like uh, large or huge production scales was first you need to do the Tesla Roadster, which would be kind of like a boutique kind of production where you would learn about all your mistakes. You would learn how to produce things at maybe a large, larger scale, and then you will move to a large scale production, but you can't do that at first. You have to learn how to do that first. And so that's why the original engineers, the original founders of Tesla went with the Tesla Roadster rather than Elon Musk kind of, going gung-ho and trying to do the Tesla 3. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the other Tesla models, but, uh, you know, te- Elon's trying to come up with all the other other shit, like Tesla, Tesla semi-truck and shit like that. And uh, Tesla, what is it? Cybertruck. Uh, cyber yeah, cy- Cybertruck, yeah. I, uh, yeah. They can't even get, like, the Tesla 3 under control and that's just that that bothers me a shit ton i we talked about the cash flow statement they they can't even um they they can't even get that yeah I, I, with all due respect to in fact the people but uh, people i know who have Teslas, it's like well the paint job is not right and i think the quality control has deteriorated over time and uh I heard yeah. there's no service for them too. Uh, well, there's no service once their warranty expires. So like once their warranty expires, right, they're treated as if they don't like have Teslas at all. That's it, it, what I've heard. Yeah. 
It, it used to be when it was just Model S, they used to have white glove treatment for their customers and it built a huge amount of customer goodwill. And it's benefiting to them them to this day, but they're also eroding that because there are there are a lot of issues with Model Three. Many people have great experiences; they have no issues. But there are a lot of people who do have issues, and getting service from Tesla is a nightmare. And you're without a car for weeks, months, and for people who don't live in New York City, that is not okay. Right? They need that car, like to get to work, to get exactly. to groceries, yeah. and uh. The fact that the car is stuck in a repair shop or something because it can't get parts, I mean, that's – and that's been going on since the Model 3 launched. And how has it not been fixed yet? It's just not a priority. And uh, there, are, there are other stories, like my man Rich Rebuilds on YouTube, you know, um, he's like kind of a different category, but it's supercharger access that Tesla revoked. And other things which are not so – you know, the, kind of the opposite of, of the white glove treatment, which they used to give their, their customers. So, um, and I think it'll, not in the near future, really bite them in the ass. I mean, you know, again, they have a huge amount of goodwill with their fan base, the enthusiast base, and they're eroding it. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, we could go uh, on like hours on, about yes, like okay. yeah, like oh, where are we going to cap this? I think we're going to cap this like forty-five minutes or an hour. I think, <laughs> I think we've well exceeded that. Yeah, so. we've we, we well exceeded that. But uh, yeah, we, we could go on like many hours about this. And basically, what we wanted to encapsulate within this episode is that well, we just we if you are investing tesla we, we just don't think it's a good value for money and we just don't think long term like it, it's a good idea at all because you know it you might you might lose a potentially a lot of money because of how eric described about the dono insurance of how we just uh, how we described like elon's like twitter Twitter feeds about how he thinks the stock price of Tesla is too high or, you know, uh, other cash flow statements about how they're not making any money. Essentially, they're just diluting the pizza that you might be eating or things like that. Right. We just don't think it's a good idea at all. Nothing about it sounds good. There's not one bit about it that sounds good. Uh, and I think I, I speak for both of us. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, uh, as Shakespeare would say, there, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. And um, that's, yeah, that, that's a bit. <laughs> and it sums it up. Um, I, I, there's one guy I follow who is short Tesla. He's a, he's a short a short stock uh, Jesus Christ, um, I've had enough, too much to drink. But um, well, we didn't even talk about like all the people who are talk, talking about um, the accounting cooking that he might yes. have been doing. Yeah, we didn't even yeah. talk about that. Holy shit. We're going to have to save this for another time. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, no, someone said, someone asked like this guy, a really smart guy, like, do you see a red flag? He's like, he laughed. He's like, there's like dozens of red flags. <laughs> but, but. Whether or not you think it's a good a good stock, a good investment, it is pretty damn entertaining. That is 
undisputed. It is. It, it is the, entertainment at its finest. But for the sheer we, what the hell factor, you can't be beat. It's the greatest show in, in town. But it's only entertainment. It's not investment. <laughs> we, we don't believe it's investable <laughs> at all. Uh, I would not recommend an investment in Tesla. Me ever. Agreed. Unless, Agreed. Un, unless, unless you're short. Yeah, uh, unless they're short, <laughs> or unless they show something in the future um, that is different. But that, yeah, that like, is something that we don't know as of now because we have not seen the change in management at all, aka we have not seen a change in Elon Musk or a replacement in Elon Musk. So uh, that that is yeah. our position. Uh, I wholeheartedly concur. Okay. So with that, uh, we'll conclude our second episode of Stocks of Scotch. I am your co-host, Kentaro. And I'm your other co-host, Eric. All right. And uh, have a good night. Yeah. Keep it real, folks. Good night.